Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear Doc, call the boss, I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any man fancy a pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any beer and vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. should say god come on you've just started the show cam <laughs> it is 1202 it's glorious Whew, it was cold in the morning mm. my lord it was a cold morning but uh, all is good now I, I would actually call this day as a great day for a picnic oh i'm calling picnic weather you'd have to you would have had to get all your supplies together by now you got to Oh, you could do a quick run. The thing is, Matt, Mm. sometimes I reckon Mm. you don't need much for a picnic. Mm. You need someone close to you. Yeah. You need maybe a loaf of bread. Yeah. A bit of cheese. Maybe some pate, if that's your thing. If if that's your your thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I reckon uh, that can be um, one of the things that people do too much. They pack too much. Uh, then you don't get in through a, it all in and a picnic, yeah. And, and and also one of the greatest bits of advice we had many many years ago. Mm. And hello, Matt. G'day, Cam. Welcome um, to the show. Is uh, throw away the picnic basket because oh. we live in Australia and it gets hot. And <laughs> <laughs> and some of you like your chicken sandwiches don't stand a so, chance. So are you, are, you, are you dragging your esky through the botanic gardens? Are you? What what do you take if you don't take your basket? I reckon those uh, those uh, chilly um, formy bags that are insulated oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with a couple with a couple of freezer blocks yeah, inside that's, there. That's right. You no one wants a hot chicken sandwich. No one wants a hot chicken Mayo. Uh, b- uh, botulism sandwich. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a beautiful winter's day. And the nights are cold, and uh, we were. I was saying to Matt before, this is mm. what makes the truffle growers very, very happy, uh, because oh, they know that as the as the mercury shrinks down, the tuber melanosporum grows stronger. <laughs> it's an old Chinese proverb. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, folks, uh, look out. Truffle season is going to be upon us soon. And there's also going to be a big truffle festival at the Queen Victoria Market, oh. 18th, 19th of June, um, which will be a lot of fun. I feel kind of blessed being on this show for as long as we have because we were sort of, you know, around 20 years ago when the whole idea of an Australian truffle industry was very nascent um, and new. I'm like, oh, really? We could grow truffles here, really? Yeah, nice word of the nascent. Look at you. Thank you. No, and then good work, yes. Fast, fast forward a couple of decades and uh, it's, uh-huh. it's a thing and it has its own festival and they're good quality truffles. I agreed wholeheartedly. I do remember the first time I bought a truffle and it was from mm-hmm. Europe and... Uh, and I got into trouble because I'd spent pretty much the whole uh, budget of my... <laughs> on this one little black... One black thing. Hey, yeah. baby, don't worry. It's going to be all right. But that's 
Also a bit of a recurring theme on the show today because mm. um, we've got a, a couple we've got a couple guests in the studio. And we, we don't normally sort of bore you with internal matters, but we're very excited. This is kind of like our first normal show. In a couple, in a years. couple of years. Yeah, wow. People and, in the studio, it's very exciting. And yet there is still that smell of Glen 20 on the pop covers, which, which grounds us back into <laughs> the fact that COVID is still around and we... Acknowledge that, but yes. um, in the same thing, if we w- have been witness to a nascent truffle industry, mm. thank you, Matt, for no giving me that word of the day. Um, you can now complete your triple word score, listeners playing <laughs> on the bingo cards. Uh, but also, we are hopefully, um, he's not here yet, but we're hoping to get him, uh, Duncan Gibson from Hop Nation, mm. who, uh, who won. Uh, where is the best modern IPA at the Australian International Beer Awards? And I was lucky enough to go to the dinner of that a couple nights ago. You were saying it was pretty huge. It was humongous. It's like the Logies, but for beer. Oh, my Lord. It was just... And plus, uh, to also see the showgrounds, the Port Phillip Room, I think it's called. Mm. 900 people That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of people. Like, okay, we think of... Uh, that big gorilla on the on the Yarrow that have had problems with um, you know stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the best way to do it. Um, the with the Palladium, I think it's called. That's their big room at Crown. Yep. This thing was yeah nine hundred bang people eating drinking um, audio visual spectacular. Yeah, carpeted floor warm. Um, Lights, it was just extraordinary. But it'd be like to me, it'd be like you know, if you go to like the, the music awards, who gets to play? It's a very tough room. So, what beer did they serve at the beer festival? All the winners. Oh, well, that does make sense. It's pretty easy, buddy. <laughs> and and plus, there was just um, uh, it was it was awesome. I was really kind of um. Uh, Strategy-wise, I'd blown it because, uh, well, I couldn't really afford an Uber to go all the way from Warren no, to the quite, showgrounds. Quite the expense. Yeah, but um, there was just these huge ice buckets with contenders and interesting beers. Like mm. it was uh, an absolutely extraordinary night. So we're hoping to have a chat with Duncan Gibson from Hop Nation. Yep, um, someone who I call a booze renaissance man, but we might. To deal a little bit more into that a little bit later. Pat Nurse from Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is in the green room. He's in. He's the waving. Green. He's, he's waving. waving. He's happy. He can't wait to get in. Pat, we're going to get it to you in the next couple of minutes, mate. Uh, we're going to have a chat to him. He's the man in black today. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. it's like just to show how how far he's come <laughs> since he came over the <laughs> over the Murray on a big silver bird. A few. Few years ago, I was thinking as I drove through Brunswick today, there was a couple mm. walking their pram on the street, and all of them were just just completely in black. And like, yeah, Melbourne, yeah, yeah Melbourne, 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 yeah, yeah you Melbourne don't have to think about color, color. <laughs> Who needs color? Um, so yes, that's who's coming on the show. Couple things just wanted to mention. Uh, did mention the fact that uh, truffles are happening. Uh, they haven't happened yet, but they're. But they're they're on growing. Their way. They're and, on their way. And the colder the nights get, the happier they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, just to look back on what was a, a, a really enjoyable interview with um, someone who I've admired for so long, Hannah Asafiri from the Moroccan Soup Kitchen, mm-hmm. who is uh, finishing up serving food from the Moroccan Soup Kitchen but is going to take away model mm-hmm. uh, and also conversations. But the good folk at management here yes. have, uh, you know, dubbed it, waved the magic wand. Yeah. And where is it, Matt? It's on the Triple R website. So if you missed it last oh. week, yeah, uh, it's on the front page. And, of course, you can go. It's just a bit of, bit of housekeeping here. But just like everything else on Triple R, if you miss it, you can listen back. On demand or on the podcast. Yeah, there's two ways. And it's an interesting thing that we do it in that way, isn't it? That yeah, uh, yes. that you've got a drop-down menu that you can just go to the website, triplr.org.au, mm. um, or you can um, uh, download podcasts on your favourite device. Yes. 
Um, I get good success going to the Apple um, Apple podcast. That's kind of where I get mine from too. Yeah, I don't know where where else would they be? I do don't you? know. Spotify, Spotify. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Haven't checked Spotify. Anyway, twelve ten. Uh, we're bang on time. We might play a sting or two. Matt might get rid of some sponsorship announcements. Next person you'll be hearing is the dulcet tones of Pat Nurse. Triple R. Yeah. How's the aerobics going? <laughs> we thought we'd do a couple of little grapevines just to get us in the mood. Uh, Pat Nurse, greetings. Good afternoon. It's good to see you, my Melbourneian friend. Platinum larynx. Platinum larynx. Golden tonsils. Yes, you speaking about Matt. Diamond uvula. Diamond uvula. Woo! Yeah. You answer to all those things, Ken. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll even, I'll even chase sticks on a beach. <laughs> if you throw a stick, I'll Get run him. after it. Get him. Go, boy. Go and do it. Um, first of all, an acknowledgement must be made that you are going through the hell of moving. Yeah, we're in the new place. You're sorting out stuff. <sighs> Why? And Why I, do I have so much stuff? Well, I told you to go and read Herman Hess. Yep. Sid Arthur, come on, renunciation. Couldn't, couldn't find him, he was in a box. He was in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Herman. <laughs> Sorry, Hermie, if you're listening. Glass bead game, not mm. so useful. Uh-uh. Um, <clears throat> one thing that you did weed out of uh, your kitchen and um, and said, hey, maybe you should have a look at this, and I'm thank you for it, is uh, Greek jam. Yep. Made from really, really interesting things. I think it might be a spoon sweet. I think it might be glico. Glico. You know, the your preserved fruits and other things that you have with coffee in, yeah. in Greece. And my profoundly imperfect Greek suggests to me that it is bergamot. Is it bergamot? You're the first person to open that jar, Cam. Yeah, we all said it's, it's bergamot. Is yeah. it notice, noticeably bergamot-esque? We all agreed. Yeah, well, it yeah. is. It's got that citrusy thing. <clears throat> it smells a little bit like Earl Grey tea. Although I think there's vanilla in there as well. Was it Chekhov, Cam, who said that if there's a, a gun that appears in the first act, it must be fired by the third act? Uh, of course. I feel like by broaching the subject of the jam that I put on the desk here for you, we've jumped straight in. But perhaps, Cam, yes. this could speak as a foreshadowing of my experience as a new Melbourneian. Oh, it does. I mean, it, the uh, the parallels and uh, using it as a as a metaphor is a beautiful device, and I see why you've brought it in now, because as the Greeks left their home shores for a better life, a new beginning, uh, across, uh, across the way, so you have taken that, uh, that forge. Do you now, I mean, oftentimes when you move to a place, you're kind of struggling or on a mission to be accepted as a local as quickly as possible, whereas I yep. feel like I am trying to draw out or trade on my new Melbourneian status as long as possible. So when I make such faux pas as saying reservoir yeah. rather than... Yeah. Rather than... Reservoir. One day I'll get that. Reservoir. I'm about 50-50 on think, potato cakes and... Think uh, door. Reservoir. Door. I like saying reza. I mean, that, that works go. for me. Well, you're uh, getting in trouble there. Yeah, and I'm about 50-50 on the potato cakes and things like that. But I, so what, I about, uh, what about those long things related in the allium family that you cut up to make uh, a lovely sauce? Uh, now, I think that's a nationwide issue and not a regional issue. Do you mean shallot versus spring onion versus green onion? Or scallion. Yes, yeah. well, scallion's an Americanism, and yes. I, don't, I don't answer to that. But oh, that, that should be – I think that's more a generational thing than a regional thing. Oh, is it? Okay. That's, that's my oh, vibe. We'll, we'll, let that, uh, we'll let that pass. Crayfish lobster, that's yeah. the other one. I mean, everywhere yeah. else in the world, apart from the southern states of Australia, a crayfish is specifically and only a freshwater uh, crustacean. Yes. But, of course, here – the southern rock lobster is generally referred to as a crayfish. Southern rock lobster. Yeah, the only thing that's missing then from the poor little guys are claws. Yeah. Yeah. But they've got heart, Cam. <clears throat> they do, and they make beautiful medallions. I need to sip some water. Sorry. I beg your pardon, folks. It's like a... Uh, mm. It's just allergies, as we're fond of saying on crowded trams in Melbourne right about now. Yeah. It, okay. Question. How, so now, how long have you been here for now? I moved here in 2019, mm. just before... You know, the just, shit hit the fan. Just in time for fires and pestilence. Yes, yes. those things, mm. those things. Uh, so it's been an eventful th- 
three ish. It's hard to believe you've been here three years. Yes, but then well. a great deal of that time I've spent confined to my house or and or the five kilometres around my house. So it feels like it's only really now that I'm getting out and getting into the Melbourneness of it all mm. and loving it. I might say there, there there was one little brief moment, wasn't there, of sunshine that we were allowed out, and then it was close it all up again. Yeah, what a, a friend of mine had a nice line for this. They called them <coughs> snap openings rather than snap lockdowns. Yes. You know. <clears throat> yeah, we had those, my God. And uh, the the thing that I remember about um, speaking with you, because we spoke quite a bit during um, lockdowns, was because uh, with your work as creative director of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival was the tyranny of the spreadsheet. Yeah. Because you'd do that, you'd put in all the numbers to make events work with the numbers that you're allowed, with the quantities of people that you would... And then it seemed every 10 minutes it would change. Oh, and we... I mean, I think that was that was something we had to contend with at the festival. I think that was more a challenge for people running venues because for us it was just like the whole thing is off. Like we'd yeah. be like ready to go and then just chuck it all in the bin. I mean, our 2020 festival, we had to cancel Completely. six days out from yeah. launch, which was a real – I mean, you know, everyone had a hard time that month, but you know, my heart particularly goes out for anyone who was um, working in hospitality across the Grand Prix at the time because I know that was, God, that was a, a very, very tough time for a lot of people in the events the, business. But And the thought of the food that got wasted or uh, – well. <sighs> A lot of it got redirected, thank God, for the, you know... Um, fair share. Fair share. Shout out to Fair Share. G'day, guys. Um, and, boy, they're busier than ever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, lots of food was uh, was done. And there was such an 11th hour moment. I'm sure people are recalling that now and going, yeah, that's right, that was the moment. That was really the moment where it was really, yeah, you reckon that too, Matt? So, look, I reckon I would say, on the one hand, geographically, I know bugger all about Melbourne. I don't know where anything is. Oh, come on. No, it's a joke. It's embarrassing. Really? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Don't rely on me for directions. Mate, we're on a grid. It's easy. Yeah. But it, we're on a grid except when we're not. I've made a few hook turns now. That's been pretty great. Hey, um, right. Hook turn on a bicycle. Hook. That is definitely oh, that's a, a gun moment rush. when you really, yeah. really know you're alive. But yeah. um, I might not have seen so much of our state <laughs> geographically, but I think I've yeah. seen a lot of what Melbourne is about. Yeah. Um, and, and can I, you define the heart of Melbourne as to the... the uh, look, the, I mean, you know there's these big... Sydney, Melbourne cliches about the the difference between the two cities, and mm. I don't buy into the competition because I don't think it's a competition, mm. particularly now that it's I live in Melbourne. Different. Different. It's just different. Yeah, it's just different. Uh, and you know, they're broad and cliches, better. and you know, let's throw lots of air quotes and scare quotes and asterisks or asterisks all around this. But wow. some of the things that people say about Sydney and Melbourne are mm. in Melbourne, uh, in Sydney, people ask you where you live, and in Melbourne, people ask you where you went to school. So oh, I yeah. think that's I think the inference there is a bit pejorative, mm. you know, kind of suggests a bit more social mobility in Sydney. Maybe that's true. I don't oh know. wow, interesting. Uh, yes. But there's also the idea that Sydney is a transaction town and Melbourne is a, is a relationship town. Yeah, right. And again, not exactly a value judgment because that can cut both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're on the outs in Melbourne and you don't have the people, maybe that's really tough. And, and also the the very fact that Melbourne is two cities is the European centre and then there's the donut American city. I can't even, at the moment, Cam, I can't even deal with that. But I will yeah. say that the relationship thing I think is true. I think that mm. any conversation you have here, whether it's business or pleasure, there's more take more time taken just as a matter of course to be like, so how are you? Mm. What's going on? Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I think that's cool. It's not sort of like the New York thing. Time's money. Come on, move it. Yeah. Move, move. yeah. You know, like, let's not compare Sydney to New York because that's kind of embarrassing. But mm. I think that's true. And I think the in the tough times we've had as a city, you know, in the tough times we've had in the, the organisation I work for, but also the tough times I've had personally, like I've you know, been through a bit in the last year. My, my dad died at the end of last year. I have been really taken aback by how much people I know well and how much people I don't know from a bar of soap have gone out of their way to check in, to do nice things for us, me and my, my partner unprompted. It's actually really been pretty remarkable. And I think that speaks to 
an element of the character of the people of Melbourne, people of Victoria perhaps as well, that is really something, mm. you know, something and something that as someone who's new to this town, I want to be part of and something I want to aspire to, I guess. Yeah. Hence the jam. Yeah. Totally. Oh yeah. This. Uh, this. How's that check off? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Nice work. Hence, like a virgin. There it is. We're. Oh, we. Oh, we. Act three already. <coughs> I didn't know we had arrived. Um, What's it like as a town to eat and drink in? Well, it's really something. I think the restaurant scenes in Sydney and Melbourne, if you're a visitor, are like, you know, on par. Melbourne's better, but they're both great. But this Smaller, town. More independent, I think. Maybe. This town, though, as a place to cook and eat food, leaves every other city in this great wide brown land of Ansford dead because <laughs> the quality of the ingredients, the diversity of the ingredients, can. The availability, the easy availability of such diverse ingredients. You can buy a rooster five minutes from here. Yeah. You can get this bergamot jam five minutes from here. Where did you get that from, anyway? From the mighty Siracos. Siracos! That was Hello, one of your early, that was one of your early um, discoveries, I was too, there was yesterday. I cannot get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, for those that have, uh, that do not know of Siracos, how would you describe it? Uh, it's probably my favourite supermarket in Melbourne, but then mm. that would be putting in competition with Mediterranean wholesalers. Oof, it's like the, It's like the Greek Mediterranean. There we go. There's a lot wrong with that sentence, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like the Greek Mediterranean. It's like the Greek Mediterranean. Same, same, but different. But uh, beautiful prices, incredible lines of stuff. The vegetable section out the back, my God, at Saratkos is just amazing. Did you come to the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival in March and April? I might have, yes. Did you see anything that you liked? Did I see anything I liked? What, are you, are you fishing for the, the 7-Eleven store well, thing no, that you just, guys the, did? the convenience store. No, I just want to, uh, <laughs> like, big picture, you know, man oh, about food kind of take oh, on the Oh, big picture, the man about food. Well, I Because we're planning the next one, Cam, so, well, you know. yes, uh, I was lucky enough to be part of the Big Spaghetti uh, weekend, uh, which was where I'm probably happiest. That's my ultimate happy place is up on a stage with someone who really knows their way around a frying pan and uh, a chef's knife and people who are my heroes and just being next to them going, wow, what are you doing? Oh, that's really good. Um, I got to meet Sky Gingel, which was um, quite an extraordinary thing. What an awesome human she is. She's great. I um, So I went to a bunch of stuff for the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, as yeah. you can imagine. Surprising, but true. Yes. And I think the nicest single thing that anyone said to me was uh, it was at one of our chef uh, global dining series, which is the, the series of dinners and lunches oh, we do where we have people from around yeah. Australia and around yeah. the world coming to cook with great local talent. And this one yes. was um, Lennox Hasty, the, the fire chef from Fire Door in, in Sydney, cooking with T. Lee at Anchovy in Richmond. Yes, yes. Um, and a couple of the guests there were... Uh, regular festival goers, they said. They'd sort of been going to the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival for at least 20 of its 30 years. Up, up 10 years. And they said they, they were enjoying the dinner and, gosh, it was good. Great mm. ocean ducks and co everything cooked over fire. And, mm. and they were cooking in the sandwich shop next yes. door because you've got to cook over coals when you cook with Lennox. It's yeah. kind of an amazing collaboration. But these lovely people said, and if you're listening, thank you again for this comment because I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Thank you so much for... This food festival you're having right now, this is the feast that our city needs to get over its famine. Ooh. And I was just like, mic drop. Hello. Thump. Is that the mic hitting the floor or my jaw? Oh, my uh, God, little, both. A little misty-eyed. Yes, goosebumps. So I'm going to repeat that one to the heavens because I thought that was really, really lovely. And I'd, I'd like to think it's true, too. It, it was a great punctuation mark of, um, of COVID to finally get everybody together again. We're back, baby! Yeah, I think maybe I might have caught COVID at one of the events. I think that's highly unlikely, Ken, because so. we were very, very careful about COVID, but there was we a lot of COVID going around certainly were. Australia then. Certainly were, but uh, yes. Um, Food-wise, so... You've moved. Um, you were you were living just around the corner for yeah, a while. Yeah, I was just there. off Nicholson Street. I was, I was within shouting distance. A Brunswickian Studio Five, we called it. And yeah. now yeah. you're a, a, a Clifton Hillian. Yeah, I still don't know what the demonym is there. Well, I, one of my favourite uh, things of uh, describing Clifton Hill is cleft toenail. 
Nice. Yeah, it's a bit puerile, really. Tried but... to break into the shot tower this morning. Did you? How'd you go? Not well. No, not well. well. Didn't it's, go well. It seems like they've got our number and they've. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering. So you've moved into the village of uh, Clifton Hill, and you were, you were sort of doing this, drawing these vague similes between it and Glebe. Yeah. Look, if you know Glebe, yeah. look, I'm a new. If you knew Glebe, Clifton like I knew Glebe. Hillonian, but I think there's, you know, a suggestion of the mm. Sydney uh, suburb of Glebe about uh, it. You were saying because of positive and sort negative, of alternative, somewhat the slight smell of patchouli. Yeah, there's a, there's a whiff of patchouli. Whiff of patchouli. Yeah, a lot of cats. Yeah, a lot of cats. Nice dogs, though. Yeah, good dogs. Yeah. yeah. Faded glory, but open new toned, glory. Open-toed sandals. Those things. Yeah. Proud cyclists. Un- unkept toenails. Uh, if you have any wonderful tips for yes. uh, Clifton Hill for a new Clifton Hillonian... Well, we've got to go to we've got to go and check out Sharon Flynn at the oh, fermentary. My goodness, I walked past it when it was closed the other night. It looks wonderful. Yes, it does indeed. And uh, what's has uh, the kitchen coming together? And what's on the menu for tonight? Oh, mate, it's grim. It's dire. Oh no, it's so small. It's so <laughs> terrible. It's really? the worst kitchen ever. Oh no. Uh, it's got gas. It's got a fifty-nine centimeter slot for the stove. So even if I was going to replace the stove, it's fifty-nine centimeters. But you know, look, we make do, Ken. Yeah, we do. Uh, I think it's leftovers. Bought a really nice piece of Alfonsino. Yes. Uh, yesterday from the fish shop on uh, Smith Street. Uh, put it on a, a couple of leaves of cos lettuce. Covered it with garlic and capers. And spring onions, tied it up, stuck it in the oven. Yes. Jeez, it was good. It rocked. And with fresh ball oddy beans from the finest Greek suburb, finest Greek supermarket that Thornbury in the free world. Exactly. In the free world, Um, Pat. It's a pleasure to see you in the studio and just shoot the breeze. Uh, You're going to be back in a couple weeks because you've been telling me. I've got some great news, but I can't tell you. I'll have to kill you. It's an exciting, secret, exciting, secret, secret, exciting thing. Can I squeeze in one plug? Oh, all right. I'm 1228 uh, here on 3 if, if you work in hospitality and you'd like to get to know the drinks of Victoria a little bit better, and you can work anywhere in hospitality, front or back of house, we're doing a super tasting mm. uh, on Monday the 6th and Tuesday the 7th. It's free. Mm. Uh it's just all the great drinks that are being made in Victoria of an alcoholic and non-alcoholic nature where, right now. Where can you, you have these things? Well, hit me up with a DM uh, yeah. on the Instagram or check out Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Yes. Uh, there's nothing on the website because it's just for the trade. Oh. But all are welcome if you're in the trade. So it's, we'd it's love to have you there. Squirrel. Workshops, tastings, all free, all welcome, great stuff, great wow. producers. I'd love to see you there. Oh, my God. That sounds fantastic. Booyah. Oh, yeah. Melbourne's own. Triple R. Sunshine's good, John. Yes, I'm happy you've done it again, mate. As soon as we step out, the sun's out. Yes. That's glorious. I'm feeling those beautiful warm rays. Oh, my God. And I think a lot of people have uh, decided to come down to Queen Victoria Market today to have a little look because the line outside the donut van is long. Yeah, well, when you feel cold and you feel like something warm and there's nothing better than a beautiful donut with a nice strawberry jam in it. Well, yeah, it's a lovely treat, isn't it? It's not everyday food, but uh, it's certainly a lovely treat. And um, that donut van has been giving us treats since, I don't know, what is it, 1957 or something like that? Something like that, yes. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, are you well? I'm very good, thank you. Good to hear. All right, we've established all that. We've got all the niceties out the way. You've just brought one thing for show and tell for me today. A perfect button-up pumpkin. Small, um, compact. There's not many seeds in here. I oh, know, there's normal sort of... Actually, there's not a lot, is there? No, not a lot. But, gee, it's tight and it's beautiful. And, and the colour. Oh, you're holding the sun. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Beautiful, bright orange colour. Fat-soluble vitamins. Yeah. Full of sugar and... Um, Nice texture, like I said, so it's beautiful. Mm. Either have it steamed or beside a roast. Yeah, and I've um, often said this to you. One of the things that's great about the butternut pumpkin is you can just make a puree out of it. In other words, you boil it up and you mush it up in however you have, whether it's a blender or a bar mix or a food processor, and it'll just stand on its own. Yeah, and then you bring it to the boil with a little bit of milk and you have pumpkin soup too. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, that was what I was trying I was saying 
you can just have it as a, a puree and just... Yeah, um, I know. As a, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, all right. I'm going to upset Joe and ask yeah. his mum to cook it for me because the kids are not too good with the pumpkin soup, but I love it. Really? Yeah. They'll eat pumpkin, but not yeah. soup. I, it's, it's weird. I remember years and years and years ago that pumpkin was only for livestock, really. Well, when my grandmother came to Australia in the 80s for a visit... She said to me, you eat that pumpkin? We only grow it for the pigs. Yeah. And then when she ate the butternut, she fell in love with it. She actually <laughs> took the seeds back home and yeah. planted it up on the mountainside and, and she was feeding it to the pig and eating, eating it herself as well. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, right. where, where was this mountainside? In the middle of Italy, in uh, Molise, Abruzzo. Abruzzo, Abruzzo, Abruzzo. Well, here we are. We're, um, we're on the verge of winter. Um, and yet things just look great. Prices seem to be holding here a lot better than they are in the supermarkets, my friend. Well, the supermarkets have got a, um, a good knack of um, pushing out the propaganda that things are going to happen and whack the price up and a little bit more. I'm reminded of the oil companies. Sorry to keep interrupting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Same thing. Uh, and... Um, you know, they take advantage of it, and people don't even look at the tickets a lot of times. One of my regulars was saying, you've got the best capsicums in the market for $8, because you can buy 5 and $6 around a market. Mm. Supermarket, $16, and you wouldn't eat them, he said. Mm. So, you know, have a look around. Um, if you have to go shop in a supermarket, you have to, but if you can make time come to the market, you walk around and you look, and you see so many beautiful colours, um, the vibrancy of the product because it's fresh. Yep. Uh, and, yep. and an abundance of what as well. Absolutely. And, uh, well, that's why we've been having a chat for um, oh, a couple of footy seasons now. What's good? Uh, I think it's probably the best way to... Let's just look around and tell us you've got those... OK, first of all, you've got those beautiful mignonette lettuces. Yeah, we've got beautiful Love mignonette those. and we've got green oak. Uh, the butter lettuce didn't make the grade this week, so they didn't send it to us. Because you still like to have a little bit of salad at the end of a meal, um, even though it, it is a little bit colder at night. Uh, it's good palate cleanser. We've got beautiful radicchio and salad onions to go with them. Mm. So that's what people have been enjoying. Um, and we've got a myriad of tomatoes. We've got about 12 varieties I counted yesterday. So people have been buying cherry tomatoes. We've still got our Doncaster tomatoes from outside. Um, peas and beans. We're lucky we got local peas. They've come back a little bit to about fourteen dollars a kilo because mm. a couple of weeks ago we didn't have any at all, let alone you know looking at twenty dollars when we got the first batch. Yeah. Uh, beans on the scarcer side. Um, good hand-picked beans. You've got to pay twenty to twenty-five dollars a kilo. Uh, machine pick you can pick up for about $10. Mm. As usual, you've got to eat them within a few days. If not, they go really, really dry. Well, you just flow around that thing, flow around the rock and just get something else. That's right. Because yeah. uh, there are many other things. We've got beautiful broccoli. Yeah. We've got nice cauliflowers. How much are you doing collies for? Collies, we've got a huge cauliflower, $6. Probably get three meals out of it. Well, there you go. Case in point, you're getting half collies in the supermarket for... Six dollars at the moment. That's right. Yeah. Um, we sell halves as well. Yeah. Um, with nice celery, nice, still time to eat raw celery. Um, put celery into your soup or your stocks, whatever, mm. um, to bring up the flavour a bit. Uh, cucumbers still on the run. They're, they're still running at about $10 a kilo. But, again, you need a little bit of cucumber in a salad um, to give that little bit of crunch, different crunch than the lettuce. Yeah. You and know... Cabbage is can I also just say something? You know, celery, and maybe it was, was it you that taught me this? You, possibly it was. You, with your celery, you get two different types of meals from it. One is those outside big stalks you chop up and you can put into a mirepoix or a... Um, a minestrone, a soup. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And yet the inside bits, the bits that are still white, if you take those out and just chop them and maybe add some little capers to it, maybe a little bit of salad onions, so the best olive oil you have makes a glorious salad. Of course it does, yes. Of course it does. And if you're really, really naughty, you get the ones in between the big ones and the little ones. Okay, yeah. And you put an anchovy. Oh. Uh, and a little bit of cheese. Yeah. Or if you're really naughty, 
Peanut butter. Peanut butter, <laughs> yes. We still do these things. Yeah, Even though yeah. we're getting old and ugly, we still do these things. Yeah, older and ugly, but still <laughs> past the peanut butter. Uh, yes. So celery, even though... Um, it seems like a one-dimensional sort of plant. There's a lot of different uses for it. Certainly. Oh, definitely, and mm. different textures. Some people like the green ones because mm. they juice it and they get all uh, the um, special vitamins out of it. Some people like the whiter ones because they're a little bit softer and sweeter. Mm. Um, some people use the leaves in a stock. We, we unfortunately throw the leaves away, but they get recycled, of course. Very strong. Uh, very, very, very strong. strong. Yeah. Uh, and celeriac, which is a cousin of the celery. Which I was is, looking. Did you yeah. see me looking it up? Yeah. <laughs> the, the root, um, they're just starting. They're six bucks a piece, but they're huge. Are they? Huge. You know, you can probably do them two to three different ways and still get a, a full meal out of it. Love celeriac. Yeah, I do too, because yeah. I like to make a remoulade with it. A re- you just spoke French to me. I speak all languages when hey, it comes to food, mate. Hey, look at you going all multi Love a remoulade. What's a remoulade, just of, so that others, if they don't know? Well, we do uh, our way. We grate the... Um, um, the, the celeriac. The, the yeah. celeriac. Yeah. And finally, like, you grate a parsnip for a pasty. Yep. And then we put um, some beautiful mayonnaise for it. Yep. And that's all we put, nothing else. Some people put other things in too. Mm. And we mix it up, pat it down, cover it with a bit of glad wrap, put it in the fridge for an hour if you can wait. <laughs> then pull it out, mix it up again and, and either hoe into it or have it beside a steak. But there are many different ways you can do it like that. Uh, some people do it with vinegar and oil. Yes. Um, whatever turns you on. Yeah. Oh, I love a yeah, celeriac and also baked, mashed. Actually, uh, have you ever had it fried when you're making potato chips? Yes. That's beautiful. It is awesome. And a choco. A friend mm. of ours come from Maribyrnong. Choco. Bearing chocos. Yeah. And, and mum, mum decided but, she wasn't going to bake it. She pickled it like a cucumber. Really? And, and the amazing crunch and flavour that came out of it was unreal. Really? Yeah. Also known as the dunny door plant. Yeah, well, if you've got it growing over your dunny door, it's going to uh, kill it because they, anywhere they grow, they strangle it. Wood, plants, people, anything. Yeah, yeah. It's an, an invasive plant, but not a bad vegetable. It's also beautiful done in a chicken broth. That sounds really, really good. Or um, also just, just a little bit of butter and pepper and salt. Yeah, it's um, a very weird-looking one. You can get white ones, green ones, and light green ones. Mm. So get out there and have a look. And they're not expensive either. Got a pick of the market. Pick of the market today. Still a handful of um, a beautiful hand-picked beans from Gympie. Um, all the tomatoes people are still having salads. Some are making soups and sauces. Um, definitely get into the um, broccoli and cauliflower because now's the time. Just give it a light steam, a little bit of olive oil. You need to keep it simple. Um, and the carrots. The carrots have been spectacular. Bright orange carrots. The boys are just bagging some up because we've sold out of little ones. We've got a lot of big ones, so we'll make it easy for people to pick up and go. Yep. And all the fruit that's out there, you name it, we got it. Passion fruit, still oh, cheap. Still, the, 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 both varieties, the big um, Panama ones and the normal ones, dime a dozen. Um, Avo is still about a dollar fifty each, which is not bad. Yeah. Um, Two or three different varieties of bananas and stuff. Ladyfinger bananas for two bucks. That's yeah. bloody awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, passion fruit, four for two dollars. Um, and you can even get cheaper too. Yeah. Depends on how ripe they are. And all the apples, have a look at the apples. Now's sure. the time to make an apple cake or a flan or yeah. even just stewed apple. I miss the open hearth. We used to wrap them in the foil and throw them in the fire. Love that. Have them with ice cream. Yep. Sounds so, good. Yeah, there you go. Come out and enjoy the sunshine. And there's an African festival apparently up the top of um, KNL. Oh, okay. What's KNL? Up the north, uh, up up the top end near the car park. Gotcha. Okay, uh, John. Thank you so much. Going to get back to the studio. Back to Nicholson Street. Okay. Enjoy the sunshine. Triple R on FM, digital, online, and via the app. Sorry, Jimmy. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Yeah. Let's drink. Cheers. 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 Cheers.
<laughs> and we're playing this theme, folks. Uh, welcome if you've just joined us. You're listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. Matt's here. Hello. Thinking Drinking has just been uh, played. That means that we have a guest here in uh, in uh, the studio with us, Duncan Gibson, uh, co-founder of Hop Nation, uh, winner, accoladed, renaissance man of booze. How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm great, Cam. Thanks so much for having us in here. Woo! I'm, I'm excited. Matt, you excited? I am. Yeah. We, have, we haven't had actual sort of live thinking, drinking uh, guests in for a very long time. So. Let alone two guests in one hour. My God, it's been a very, very long time. And we all know this journey because um, I met you and saw you a few weeks ago. We had a whole bunch of people within the industry. Larrikins. Lar- yeah, weren't they? <laughs> they were, but wonderful larrikins. They yeah. were, uh, they were. I think they were a little bit um, uh, tired and emotional because the stop before was Valhalla Brewing in, mm. in Geelong where the person, the patron there was said, here's a pony of this one, try this. And we looked at seven different beers so they were kind of excitable, and they loved meeting you. They really, really did yeah, down there at uh, Hop Nation in Footscray. We had, a, we had a great little afternoon. It was a lot of engaged people that really wanted to, to learn about the range of beverages that we do at Hop Nation, so it was cool. They were into it, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing that um, this was where I think we first met. I don't think we've met before this, have we? No, that was the, no? the, the, the We the clocked first. each yeah. other. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Ooh, gee, look what you're doing. Mm. But the thing that I, I, I got from meeting you on the first time is, first of all, you've grown an incredible business uh, down there with Hop Nation and you've managed to stay independent. So we raise our glass about that. Uh, but the fact that you first started as um, a winemaker and and yet you're able to traverse all these areas of this booze and the fact that you very, very comfortably make, still make great wine. I opened up that Pinot that I bought off you the other day, the one in the clear bottle. Nice. Yeah, the, what, what's that one called? I think you got the Duke, wasn't it? A single vineyard yeah. Pinot from Mornington. And I remember you saying, this holds up to any Pinot that you can get. Very proud <laughs> about, about what you do, um, but can make amazing beers with the crew that you've grown around you, and they're exceptional. But the fact you make um, spirits as well, its yeah. there's a lot of quivers to your boat. Yeah, well, I, maybe it's a personality flaw, but I get bored with things very easily. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I got into winemaking. I studied wine um, 10 years ago or longer than that. Um, made, many, many moons. Ma- many moons ago. Many moons. Um, made, made wine all around the world and then decided I was bored with that, so I wanted to make beer and we got into that and mm. started to get a little bit bored with that not too bored with that and we decided to get back into wine maybe you could buy a still and then we bought a still yes, that was <laughs> it wasn't it let's make some hooch yeah. as my uh, as as my mum would say um and uh, we should do this early in this interview in the fact that we should uh, acknowledge the fact that the Australian International Beer Awards have just happened. Yes. Uh, you've just taken out the award for Best IPA, it's Modern best, IPA. Yeah, Best Modern Style IPA. So, What's the difference between modern and old? One, so, one you don't have to load on a ship and send <laughs> yeah, to India. Yeah. Oh, that's good, yeah. yeah. So, so Modern Style, I guess the whole new um, hazy style has come out of um, America. Mm. Um, predominantly, it sort of started up in like New England, around New York. Jesus. That can be falling down water, can't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A pretty but, but, butch alcohol. Like, yeah. yeah well, wow. it depends what, how you're making it. And there's lots of... Yep. Now we're making like hazy pails and all sorts of things. But the whole premise behind them is to build some sort of like protein up in the beer. So we use, we use oats and things to do that, mm. which gives us this nice, soft, round mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Bump it up with lots of sort of citrusy American hops mm-hmm. that are late in the fermentation and make these really juicy, easy to drink IPAs. Sometimes with high elevated um, Yum. alcohol, but the one we have here is only six point eight. It's not that bad. <laughs> hey, it's just, it's just a little baby. Uh, okay. Well, thank, thank God the sun's over the yard, um, and uh, we didn't th- see. This is why we do this at the end of the show. Mm, yes. Otherwise, we were all talking left-handed and, and doing that. But this is a, a, a delight being um, being able to do that. But just an, as an observance, before we open this up, twelve fifty, by the way, here on Three Triple R, um, the fact that the Australian International Beer Awards 
um, has been going for a while, as has this industry. But I was lucky enough, as you were, well, you, you're part of the industry, but I was just sort of an observer. I was lucky enough to be hanging on and attending um, at this thing. And it was huge. Yeah. First it, of all, the, the that Port Phillip room is ginormous, is it not? Yeah, it was it was a huge I think there was maybe nine hundred no, people. Nine hundred people in this room. The diversity of, you know, beers, brewers, places that came out that night, it was um We had smoke machines, we had giant <laughs> um, you know, audio visual extravaganza. Two MCs, Matt. <laughs> like that was something I thought was pretty pretty impressive. And it reflects on the thousands of my gilding the lily, the amount of, of entrance. Oh, it's huge! It's thousands and thousands. It was thousands. thousands. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of breweries. I th- I think that there's thousands of breweries that entered, and then every mm. brewery might put in whatever, their children. Yeah, all their children, their extended so family. It's it's a lot. It's oh, a lot. My God! And you think about how far this industry has come from when Matt and I were talking about when you know. Cam and Dave came up with this great business model. These two partners, uh, one fills up the brewery with beer and the other guy empties the brewery and makes money. Yeah. It's a good model. <laughs> you know, but they, that was it. And, and beer was such a parochial thing in those days that mm. we didn't really think that much about flavour and stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's changed a lot. Like we've, Hob Nation has been um, operating here in Melbourne for seven years now. Mm-hmm. And I think a true testament to the industry is to look at the quality and how it's risen over that seven years. And it's it's astounding when you look at, um, you know, all the trophy winners and, and a lot of beers that didn't trophy but just are amazing beers that were in the AOBAs. Um, and there is some good quality beer being produced in Australia and obviously around the world now, but really coming up in Australia. And the thing days. that really still amazes me about the product is the kaleidoscope of flavours, mm. textures, colours, alcohol, um, that you get by just having the three ingredients, the holy trinity, yeah, of the hops, yep. malted grain, yep. and water. Yeast. Oh, don't forget the yeast. <laughs> yeast is yeast. very important. <laughs> yeast cam. Yeast cam. See, if I would have forgotten something. Ye- yeast and our water chemistry. We can, yes. with those things, um, we can manipulate a beer to, to taste... Like you know, whatever we want, whatever we want, exactly. <coughs> whatever we want, we can we can make yeah. it go sour. We can make it into a huge porter or yep. um, or, uh, or or a, a stout or whatever. Or a light crisp lager yep. or crunchy fruit juicy. Yes, <laughs> yes. IPA. I think we should. Oh come on, let's do it. There we go. There we um, go. Hopefully, we're making people jealous. Pour it up near the near the microphone so we can get a little bit of a sound of that. There we. go. Got it. That's called that's called selling the sizzle, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Uh, I'll pass these around. There we go. Uh, and uh, if you have just joined us, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with uh, Duncan Gibson. He's the uh, uh, founding partner of uh, Hop Nation. Uh, he's celebrating after uh, winning the award for the best modern IPA, the Australian International Beer Awards which have just been held. Uh, as you would have heard, the, this company is only, only seven years old and yet it has made such incredible inroads into this industry. And it, I'm wondering, can you maybe at 12.55 discuss, because you straddle both camps, um, winemakers are a certain type of dude or dudette person. Um, but they're very much on the land, you know, they've got their hands, they're trimming vines and, you know, thinking about that. Brewers are different. And I'm just wondering, what are the similarities? Because you've inhabited both of these tents. The yeah. similarity and strengths and differences between these two types of people. They, they are very different types of people and I've managed to sort of, you know, poke my head into, oh, into, both, good. into both camps. Yeah. <clears throat> Winemaking, like you like you said, it 
you know, it has a far greater connection, perceived greater connection to the land. To husbandry but, of, yeah. of the grape, yes. But now in beer, we're starting to to look at a lot of these things, look at where our grain comes from, who's farming it. Hops. Um, yeah, hops for sure. The terroir of hops mm. is unbelievable. So now we do hop selections. So this year for the first time in three years, we should be able to go over to America and we can actually choose specific paddocks of, let's say this has got citra in it, so we can go, okay, we want citra from that paddock. And this really? is And this is going to give us a different flavour in our beer. Beer wine. Um, exactly. So I think, <laughs> I think beer has this forgotten element of terroir and there is elements of it in there, but it is more, um, you know, an industrial, like, um, very clinical process compared it's, to wine. It's it, it is, isn't it? In the fact that you get um, you get the bags of grain, you get the bags of hops and things, bags of yeast. Don't forget the yeast cam uh, <laughs> into the, into the brewery, and then it's really you dial it up into the ton, into the mash ton, right? Yes, yes. Yep. While it, yeah, it's, it's it's different. You have a winemaker is fretting about his vineyard and his you know his children out yep. there. Yeah, but also even down to the sound of it. I was thinking about it, walking around um, the the Port Phillip room, and outside was um, where everybody was just having a ball. But it was, I don't know. It, it, it just sounded different to when winemakers get together. It was a bit more. There's a bit more. That was a bit more pirate talk, I guess. <laughs> Is that a fair sort of yeah, thing? I'd say the ratio of pirates and um, yes. <laughs> and brewing is a lot higher than and winemaking. Eye patches, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different game. And what I really enjoy about the brewing industry is this collaboration feel that we have. Yeah, um, we always collaborate on things. We share our knowledge far more than in the wine industry. Yes, um, and the ability to like. I guess explore and do silly things, and it's there's no pretentiousness around doing that. You know, yeah, right. beers like this would have never been made in the wine industry if you, you know, if you, if it was a wine. So this is such a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, um, a bastardization of a style, if you yes. want to put it like that. Yes. Taking this, you know, what is IPA, and completely reworking it into something that people find is delicious, and you know, it's exploded all over the world. Well, cheers, and here's, um, here's congratulations mm. to you. Matt, cheers, I won't reach across the desk because that's cardinal sin number one. Uh, we shan't be doing that. Can you describe what we have in the glass here? So I got you to pour it in a glass to see what we're drinking. With a hazy beer, mm. you want to see that beautiful, light, fluffy haze. You want to see nice lacing head. In this beer, we used um, chip malt, some... Oats, rolled wheat to build up, like I was talking about, that like silkiness. That was the mouthfeel you're that talking mouth, about. Yeah. Yep. So we really want to get on that. Um, really low bitterness. So bitterness is formed by putting hops into the boil. Mm-hmm. We put very few right at the end of the boil. So not much bitterness at all. Um, and then we dry hop it with copious amounts of, this was cryo hop. So they extract all Cold the... hop? Cryo hop. Oh, cryo. Yeah, so they extract... Oh, without air. Yeah, no, so they extract all the, like, plant matter out of it yes. and get, like, the the oils and the essential oils and stuff uh, out of it. That's a disco, um, yeah, you're so, right. So then you can add more without getting that, like, green burny flavour that you can sometimes get in um, in hazy beers. Mm. So you get that really nice juiciness yep. um, without all that greenness. Yeah, mm. got it. Well, it's um, it was a delight to meet you the other day in your office. Uh, with all your crew, it's uh, it's more of a delight to have you in the studio and to be able to congratulate you. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 